Surprise! We're taking the EdUp Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us for an incredible higher education marketing and enrollment management conference February 20th to 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education is amazing. Thousands of copies have been sold across the United States and the world. You can pick up your copy today on Amazon. Welcome back, everybody. It is your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is your special guest host, Dr. Michelle Tampu Wilson, filling in today for the amazing, incredible, and world famous Dr. Joe Salus Joe. I serve as a trustee for Sanderson College in Southeast Houston. I'm the owner of Vida Linda Consulting, a higher education leadership consulting firm that offers practical leadership training for the executive to the mid-level leader, to the staff leader, to the student leader. And speaking of leaders, I'm so excited to be joined by a wonderful author and leader in her own right, none other than Ms. Juliet Hall, the author of the book, Own Your Opportunities. Welcome, Juliet. Hi, thank you, Michelle. I'm so happy to be on the show. <laughs> we're excited to have you. And so we're going to, we're going to kick it off. I'm going to ask you the hard question. Who are you and what do you do? I'm a leadership consultant, ad advisor, coach, uh, and national speaker. I love speaking on stages. I love a stage for the purpose of encouraging and inspiring others to self-maximize, to become better leaders. Uh, that's who I am. I, I, I'm a voice of hope and possibility in that regard. But uh, prior to uh, starting my leadership consulting agency, Juliet Hall, Inc., I was in corporate America for 20 years and I worked in various capacities. I have a diverse background in banking operations, in franchisee consulting, and in community affairs and corporate storytelling. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> I, I I know about corporate stuff. I have heard corporate stuff before, but I've never heard that combination of words. That sounds like that sounds like heavy lifting. That sounds like a lot of work. It it well it uh, certainly was a learning experience. I, I I never thought I'd go into corporate America, Michelle. I went to school. Uh, Spelman College is my undergrad where I did my undergrad undergraduate work, and I actually thought I was going to go into broadcast journalism. Uh, <laughs> I had way I can too see much that. Fun I can college. see that. Can you see that? I had I way can. too much fun in college, and I got distracted. Full story. You know, so I didn't plan very well. <laughs> I wasn't the most disciplined student, and so when I graduated, I needed a job, and I really. Yeah worked for the only company that would work for me, which was a bank. And so I worked for them for three and a half years. I decided that's not for me. That culture's not for me. And then I um, made a pivot, a career pivot to another organization to uh, work for a food service organization, a respected brand. And uh, I was with them for 17 years. And, um, and, and that's really where I grew. That's really where I was able to cut myself and discover who I was and who I was not, um, mm -hmm. and and I evolved. I had many experiences, a lot of exposure um, from a travel perspective, from a leadership perspective. Uh, I learned from some of the 
best leadership thinkers um, mm -hmm. inside my organization, and as well as just having access to mm -hmm. uh, some renowned leadership speakers uh, that were brought into the organization. Um, and so it was, uh, I, I felt like I went to school. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you did. And, and because I know your story, because I looked you up ahead of time, and I got to watch some of your YouTube videos and visit your website, uh, I'm about to order your book. Um, I know that there is a story and there is a reason uh, that Juliet Hall went from corporate America to owning her own business and delivering messages like the one that you deliver consistently across the country. So do you want to dive into that story? Sure, sure. At some point in my career, um, the long and short, honestly, is I felt like my leadership capacity far exceeded the sandbox I was given. And wow. I... More. Wow. Uh, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the long and short. I can go deeper if you'd like, but. Please um, do, because I'm writing that one down. My leadership capacity. Far exceeded the sandbox. Far exceeded the sandbox that I was given. That's yeah. amazing. Tell yeah. us about that. Well, I, you know, I had to, I came to a place where I, um, I had declared my dream. Um, I, I spoke to my leadership about what I wanted my career path to look like, what I believed I, where I could add the most value to the organization. Um, I, I'm a strong believer in uh, operating in your giftedness and your mm -hmm. like knowing what you do extremely well and becoming a master at it. And it, it I, you know, I, um, I, the, the capacities that I worked at before, I mean, part of the reason why my uh, background is so diverse is because I was trying to figure out really mm. what I was good at. Mm. So, um, yeah, I didn't, when I started my career at the bank, I didn't care about anybody else's money. You know, I cared about my own, <laughs> um, you know, and on top of that, I didn't like the culture. I didn't like the leader I was working for. Um, wow. It was just, it didn't, but I learned a lot. I, you know, I, I'm very clear in, in letting people know every experience isn't going to be great. It's mm -hmm. actually through those moments of adversity where you have an advantage to move forward, where you have an, where you can advance because mm -hmm. it's, it's a self-discovery process. And, and so, um, but yeah, I, you know, uh, fast forward to the latter years of my career, it got to a point where I discovered that my dreams no longer fit within my job. And when mm -hmm. I, told my leadership this is I was even asked the question Juliet what is your dream what is your dream job you know at the latter part of my uh, corporate journey mm -hmm. I was asked that question and when I shared with them well this is what I would like to do with the organization this is where I add the most value um, you know I, I wanted to be uh, one of the spokespeople of the organization one of the ambassadors of the organization and to mm -hmm. have more of a prominent face um, associated with the work that I do um, and and you know I was flat out told well you're the likelihood of your dreams won't exist or will not exist the likelihood of your dreams do not exist um, mm -hmm. in this company and that was enough for me to be honest I was like well and I, I was faced with choices, okay? When mm -hmm. someone tells you no, well, then what do you do? You have a choice where you can either stay in the space that you're in. Um, that was an option. I, you know, was 
at one point given an option to relocate to another part of the organization. Well, I didn't want to do that because it would be like starting over again. And I didn't want to work in a space where I wasn't going to thrive. And I realized mm -hmm. it's only in my area of giftedness where I am going to get the most energy, where I'm going to feel the most confident, where I am going, where I, where I would be able to share my value mm -hmm. um, and, and provide value uh, right. to the organization. And so, um, yeah, I, so that wasn't an option. So my only option, other option was to leave, but I knew somehow I knew that the writing was on the wall for me in corporate and I prepared, I prepared for my own exit because I knew that, mm. you know, I just had that feeling like, you know what, there's a line on my career and, mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm like, okay, well, I have the saying, you know, when you hit the glass ceiling, open a window. I saw and, that. Um, yeah. And that's, that's mm -hmm. basically what I did. I think the message really that I like sharing with people is um, you have control over your own company. I mean, over yourself, over your life, you have power mm -hmm. and um, you have to tap into that. You do, but you know, I'm sensing that you have a lot of um, awareness, like uh social awareness and organizational awareness and so i wanted to go back to that conversation that you had where you shared where you felt you could offer the most to that company that you were working for and i want to i want to ask you what do you think was the barrier there that existed within that organization that caused them to miss out on the opportunity to have you do that kind of work or to even consider a trial basis or you know a, a a a small you know pilot experience if you will so what was the barrier there organizationally that that you can talk about now in hindsight or maybe you even saw it then because i think i know what you might say in my own from my own experiences but i, I want to see if it's the same well i i believe that um <laughs> if I'm really honest, I think the barrier. <laughs> I, I do if think, you're talking to me, you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what I know to be true: that when you there, there's a risk to being in the spotlights. Um, there's a risk because when you're in the spotlight, you 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 can either become a threat or a target. Um, mm -hmm. I I would. I, I don't if, if you've read the book um, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, the first law is never outshine the master. And mm. if, if I'm really um, mm. if I'm mm. honest, and, wow. and I am very honest, by the way, I'm very honest and transparent. So um, I believe that it had gotten to a point where I because I wasn't getting the opportunities inside the organization that I wanted, I took the initiative to find those opportunities outside the organization. Mm -hmm. And I was getting noticed for it. And I was, and, and those opportunities being just opportunities to speak, okay? I mean, I, right. I love the stage. I'm very honest about that. Mm -hmm. And and that's a very public facing um, uh, gift, honestly, you mm -hmm. know, or skill or however you want to say it. But I, you know, I would just, you know, if I couldn't represent the organization, I just wanted to go out. I wanted to 
inspire people on my own, inspire people with a leadership message, mm -hmm. um, inspire people uh, on their career paths. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the very same things that I'm doing now. And, and, you know, when you're operating again, when you're doing something that you love to do and you do it very well, it attracts attention. And, mm -hmm. and one opportunity begets another opportunity. And before you know it, I'm speaking in front of a, a graduating class of um, junior college students at Georgia Military College. And, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and that just kind of created some problems. I speak more about that in my book, but, mm -hmm. it, but I think that was really, I think that triggered it. Now, mm -hmm. in fairness, um, I probably, I, I I am a very focused and a very um, determined person. I don't like being told no. And so I give my best to the company when I'm working for the company, but outside mm -hmm. the company is my time. And, and I just don't believe that anybody should control that. Mm -hmm. And, and so there was friction there. Mm -hmm. I don't like being, I don't like having to ask for approvals to do things that are good things to do. Right. And, and it has no bearing to, it doesn't infringe upon the time that I give to an organization. I right. just think it's unfair um, yeah. to, to control. So that, that was part of the problem. Um, I, I think that I just, um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I should have read Robert Greene's book before I left corporate America, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> well, I you, now. <laughs> well, two things, two things here. One, you have your own uh, laws, I think, because even as we've been talking, I've written down three things. I've written down operate in your own giftedness, find opportunities outside the organization, be prepared for your own exit. So I, I think, you know, maybe there's another book in there for you, but uh, you know, what I heard from that story um, just from an organizational perspective, because I'm always looking for that, um, is some companies, some organizations, and we see this in higher ed, which is my background, and which, which is what this podcast focuses on mostly, um, they, they lack the ability to pivot in innovative ways, right? And so thinking about like marketing strategies, you know, uh, trying something different. I was at a board meeting last night where, um, you know, the head of marketing was sharing that the, the, uh, the team had received all these awards and it was because they took chances. It was because they did something innovative. And she thanked the board for allowing her to go out on a limb and, and do these, you know, new and different marketing techniques. Um, but it worked, you know, and so I just kind of bemoan, you know, the the idea that organizations can't pivot in in innovative ways and celebrate the talent that exists within the company. A lot of times, we're more willing to hire the outside talent, you know, which benefits you and I in our own, you know, companies. But you know, sometimes it's important to to lift our own from within. So that's kind of what I took um, from that part of it. But um, tell us about the the leadership aspect of what you do. So how do you inspire leaders and what kind of feedback do you get on, on what you share and how it impacts leaders in particular? Yeah, um, I, so there, there are really only two messages that I focus on uh, for the most part, for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and that is servant leadership mm -hmm. and self 
organization. Um, servant leadership, because, um, you know, that was a, again, I want to give credit where credit is due. I had an amazing um, experience working in corporate America overall, considering all the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. And I, um, when, when I teach servant leadership, it's um, within a framework of, um, you know, becoming or being a champion of people and leading from the heart mm-hmm. um, because servant leadership really does start with the heart condition, mm-hmm. um, a, a, a general um, care for people where you want to develop them to be the best that they can be to help you achieve the goals that you have. When you give people what they need, they will give you what you want. Right. And I, I try to have a very fundamental message within servant leadership of understanding that and understanding the needs of people and what motivates Mm -hmm. them. Because if you can tap into that, then you will um, get the most out of them. And that's Mm -hmm. ultimately what every leader should be thinking of is how do I get the most out of my people? if if, 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 If my needs were met in corporate America, I would still be in corporate America and I would give them everything that I had. Mm, and so um, yeah so um so 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 when I'm speaking to audiences and hoping to inspire them I try to present not so much techniques as Mm -hmm. uh, techniques of leadership but more of you know let's get to the heart of it you know do you want to be the kind of leader that intimidates or the kind of leader that inspires Mm -hmm. um you know and and I just try to speak from that fundamental individual message um you know of servant leadership and and so that's that and then you know with self-maximization that ties into my book Mm -hmm. own your opportunities because I also believe that even when you are told I, I believe this that when you sign up to work for somebody else you are on their payroll <laughs> you choose to be on their payroll Mm-hmm. Um, and they also choose, they, just like they chose you to be in part of their organization, you chose them. And I think we forget about that, uh, sometimes, um, with, you know, some of the messages that, um, training messages around, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are, and that's important because mm-hmm. I do think, I do think that leaders, again, DEI messages at the end of the day really are all about how do you get the most out of your people. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's an individual message. That's mm-hmm. the message for leaders, but for, but for the employees, for the lead, you know, they have to recognize that you got to become your own champion. <laughs> you can't expect, you cannot expect to, um, you cannot expect your leaders to, they don't, how can I say it? Let me say it this way. It's, it's up to the individual to develop themselves. When I was in corporate America, I remember one of my, uh, one of the uh, people who reported to me asked me the question, um, Juliet, well, how are you going to develop me? I looked at him. I said, <laughs> okay, well, Oh, I have some thoughts I, on that. <laughs> I said, that's your job. That's your, it's your job to develop yourself. But what it I is, but attention. Are you ready to elevate your institution's marketing and enrollment strategies? Join the Edup Experience podcast at the Insights EDU conference 
February 20th to 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Don't miss out on this opportunity to hear from engaging speakers from industry-leading companies like Google, LinkedIn, Adobe, and higher-ed leaders. Learn the latest marketing and enrollment strategies to grow your programs. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Attention. Oh, yeah. Join the movement to mobilize and revolutionize higher education by picking up your copy of Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education today. This book has been featured in Forbes, NPR, Harvard Business Review, CEO World Magazine, NBC News, CBS News, and Business Insider, among many others. Don't miss out on what today's highest college leaders have to say about the future of higher education. Pick up your copy on Amazon. Don't you see, or do you see, do you see an increase in that type of mentality? Um, because I just had a conversation with some of my higher ed colleagues the other day, and it was, it was about, you know, that, that the topic of mentoring mm -hmm. and how it has become so demanding. Yeah. Um, the requests are coming fast and furious. And it's, it, it's, it's almost like, can you give me the cliff's notes to how you were successful and guarantee my success by me just applying the same things that you did by learning them the hard way and taking 20 years to do it? Um, do you find that that's kind of out there in our workplace? I certainly get, I certainly get plenty of, um, um, requests for men mentoring and, um, and, and I don't, but that's why I wrote my book, right? Yeah. What I, what I do. I love is, that. I love you said that. That's why I wrote my book because I, I'd be happy to point people to your videos and say, you know, watch this. She captures it perfectly, you know, but no, I don't have time to do that specific mentoring. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I mean. That's why I wrote the book because I, I, everything that I'm even sharing with you, it's all in my book. And mm -hmm. I, I'm just providing sound bites and right. I, I, so, so when I get the, and, and, you know, it's so interesting, even the uh, people that I used to work with in corporate America, actually, I shouldn't say that I used to work with, but people that I don't know who worked for one of the organizations that I used to work for. Um, it's amazing how many people are reaching out to me and just wanting to talk to me. And, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm very intentional about drawing a line there and just re, right. you know directing them to my book but um but that's that's why I give that's why I wrote the book that's why I have YouTube messages um I'd like to consider myself a virtual mentor of sorts um mm -hmm. but I do mentor people but I do want to go back um it's good that there is an increase in mentoring requests I'm I'm mm -hmm. much I would much rather people seek, uh, pursue a mentor, and you can mm -hmm. pursue a mentor inside the organization you work or outside the organization you work, you know, Very that's true. part of development, that's part of development. And, um, and, and I would rather them seek a mentor than try to seek a sponsor. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's, we got, you got to manage expectations around that sponsorship message, because what I'm not hearing um, when, you know, when I just listen to other people speak, um, you know, about how do you get your seat at the table and, mm -hmm. um, you know, messages for women, 
it usually comes down to, you know, getting a, a, an ally. If you're a black woman, a white ally, if you mm. are, um, or just a woman in general, a male ally, male ally. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That's important. And then I hear the word sponsor and, and I'll be honest with you. I've never heard that. Explain that to me. But sponsor. So a sponsor. Well, I mean, I, I know what a sponsor is, but not in the context that we're speaking. So in the context that we're speaking, um, a lot of women are encouraged, uh, you know, you need a sponsor. If you want to have a seat at the table, you need to have a sponsor, someone who can speak for you in your absence, someone who can advocate for you, um, you know, uh, at their level of influence. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's, that's great if you have that, but the reality, I think what's missing is the reality of even getting a sponsor. You don't choose a sponsor, a sponsor chooses you. I mean, if, mm. you, if you think about, I use this analogy because I like to play tennis, but I think about the tennis players that I follow um, and specifically the Williams sisters, you know, they're legends. Yeah, fantastic. I, they, you know, before they even got a sponsor, there, there were things that they had to do first. They had to prove themselves as tennis players. They had to mm-hmm. train. They had mm-hmm. to basically come up through the ranks. You know, they mm-hmm. had to, they had to have some wins. People needed to see their talent. You so, know, they self-maximized. so they self-maximized. So they self-maximized. Okay. Mm-hmm. While they were even on the streets of uh, Compton, those community courts in Compton, those rundown courts, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, and they worked with what they had. They didn't just roll up into the country club, you know, expect No, they they started where they were and they they maximized the opportunities in front of them and they got wins under their belt and they got training under their belt. You know, their dad trained them first, you know, or parents, their mom and dad, you know, anyway. I'm sure I'm missing some elements to the story, but that's essentially when you're talking about sponsors, Mm -hmm. you know, a sponsor needs to already see that you are a proven um, talent worth advocating for, right? (laughs) You know, and and I just think that gets missing. I think that um, that's why I say get a mentor, look for a mentor versus a sponsor, Mm -hmm. and you can go outside the company for that. I I wonder how how we're going to get past the challenges that we're seeing in the workplace. You know, burnout is a reality. It it is with us. If it's not with us, it's looming. Um, I was reading the other day about uh, performance punishment, where you perform so well that you get more work, right? Um, and you have people operating outside their pay grade. You have people getting promoted quickly because positions cannot be filled. And, and I wonder, is it possible for us to reset uh, our mindsets in the workplace so that we can better hear the messages that you're sending? Because it's, 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 it sometimes feels productive to vent. It sometimes feels productive to go down into that space where you're hyper analyzing what's wrong with the organization and how it could be fixed and what, you know, how it could be better. But the reality is it goes back to what you're saying about the individual, you know, and you said it in one of your, your YouTube videos, you were speaking in Canada and you said something like, you don't owe your life to the company or to the organization. And, and so I, I wonder 
what would you advise someone who's listening right now who is in the throes of that burnout, who needs to go back and pull away from their loyalty to the organization, if you will, and and get back centered with themselves? You know, so as we're closing out in the last few minutes, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, but can you just speak directly to them right now? Because your voice is so powerful and your message is is so heartfelt. Can you just give us like a one minute motivational recentering for the individual who needs to hear what you are trying to say? I would, I would tell people, um, so for those who are at that place, number one, just remember that you were created for a specific purpose. Just remember that you are uniquely uniquely created, uniquely shaped. And there, um, inside of you, there's a gift. There's something that you do extremely well that feels like a natural extension of who you are. Tap into that. Now, you have to develop that, all right? What, and, and, but this is how you know. What makes you feel like a genius? Mm-hmm. What gives you so much energy? If you are... What I have learned in my journey is that when I got to a place where my career had met my call, where Mm -hmm. I found myself uh, at a place where I was doing what I love to do, motivating people, inspiring people from the stage, providing um, guidance for them so, so that they could maximize their own leadership or their own lives. I felt so much freedom in that space. I felt um, so strong and, mm-hmm. and there was no burnout for me. There was no burnout because I enjoyed providing that fruit right. uh, to people. So find your fruit, find that seed inside of you um, mm-hmm. and develop that seed because there is something that you can do that nobody else can do, at least, at least not quite like you mm-hmm. um, and, and tap into that. But just So let's start there. Mm Self-discovery is the work. That's really the work that you do in this world. Um, The nine to five job that you have, that's Mm -hmm. not who you are. When I worked at my company and I had a badge that, uh, you know, I was branded every day, Mm -hmm. you know, I put that name badge on. That wasn't who I was, even though I made that my identity. That was my mistake. To make mm, I was branded own. every day. Wow. I was branded every day. And really, truth be told, the expectation was I was I had to be branded the whole day, every day, 24 seven, because I had to get approvals for what I, you know, you know, that right. I, I didn't think I needed to get. But right. that's my message. Self-discovery is the genesis of true leadership. So if mm-hmm. you really want to lead, if you really want to create an impact and be influential you've got Mm -hmm. to tap into the place that honestly god created you to be your creator created you know there was something that he that that your creator embedded inside of you to um to add light to this world to edify Mm -hmm. others in this world and when you find that place um your life will change so that's what i would say and number two always think beyond your job. Mm, that is great advice. Do we need to say even more? Because that is like my drop, right? Joe, Solis Joe has a, a little 
you know, a podcast kit where he gets those funny sounds and he would have done the explosion at that uh, point <laughs> because that was, that was amazing. Um, Juliet, I, I feel better from listening to you and talking to you. And I, I can imagine that when you go away from audiences that, that you are making that change. So I just encourage you to, to get out there as much as you can, because people need to hear this message. I, I think it's, it's so necessary as we evolve in the workplace and try to find a new stasis, right? A new, a new normal that we're still talking about. And, and I, I, I really appreciate your message to the individual because I think that that is so important. So um, I'm gonna ask you, um, what do you see as the future of leadership? And if there's anything that we missed um, in talking to you that you wanna share with our audience, feel free to do so after you answer that first question. I, the future of leadership, I, that's a hard question for me to answer because I, I feel like this world is so polarized. I feel mm -hmm. like people, I feel like some of the leaders that we really have, um, whether they are in public office, um, or education or what, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't think enough people are true to who they are. I really mm -hmm. don't. I think that because we live in a democracy, people don't necessarily have, leaders don't necessarily have the freedom to, mm -hmm. <laughs> or they, they don't feel like they do, even though they do. But mm -hmm. I, it's, it's, it is disheartening for me um, to see leaders who don't, make decisions according to their belief system. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm talking about leaders all over, even leaders in the church, faith-based institutions, they mm -hmm. go against what they've been taught or what they mm -hmm. truly believe. So um, so when you talk about the future, I mean, honestly, Michelle, I, I'm a little nervous. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. I mean, it's why I do what I do. It's why I speak to mm -hmm. people because I want people to be true to themselves. Mm -hmm. I want people to be, um, to operate in, in a spirit, in a mindset of truth. Right. And, and I don't see that. And, and it's just a different world. I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. Mm -hmm. And the Me things too. that, um, yeah, I just, um, it's, the world that I grew up in is very different than the world that we're in now. And I just think that it's going to take um, an incredible, an incredibly strong, character-driven, uh, morally centered, um, oh gosh, I want to choose my words carefully here, mm -hmm. but it's deeply convicted mm -hmm. um, leader who who hasn't lost his human touch with people. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a tough ask mm -hmm. um, because it it's a tough ask. And I don't, I don't, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future of leadership is um, on a, because when, I, when you ask the question right now, my mind is going to the leaders that we see on TV, the top leaders, sure. the political leaders, the, sure. um, the church leaders, it's going there. Right. But, but, okay. But, but I will say this, the future is in you. If, if, if you can become the best leader, if you, if you know what, Excellent. I may not, I may not ever run for office to give this mm -hmm. message, but you know what? I can be a great citizen. I can be sure a dutiful can. citizen and Absolutely. I can lead by example. I can, I can lead by example and maybe provide um, a standard 
for other leaders to model. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I knew you would bring it home. I knew you would. The future is in you. I appreciate that so, so very much. I wish we could talk more, but we have to, we have to close out the podcast here shortly. Is there anything that you want our audience to know about you? Any events, um, any information about your book, anything else that you're doing? Well, I love to speak. So, you know, invite me to your book club, invite me to mm-hmm. your organization, um, invite me. I, I mean, I, 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 I love to speak. I love to share this message and, um, you know, I would encourage, uh, everyone listening who's interested, um, you know, definitely go to my website, juliethall.com. Mm-hmm. Um, check out my YouTube channel. Um, you'll hear, I mean, I'm speaking to you right That's there right. in the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like Instagram and LinkedIn as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm very engaged. If you have any questions, reach out to me. If you disagree with anything that I'm saying, you know, let's have a, let's have a civil conversation you know no name calling no right. let's just exchange our views our ideas and mm-hmm. um, I'm happy to engage in that way because I really believe in my message I believe that you know the power is in us and mm-hmm. the future so there mm-hmm. <laughs> very good well I have so very much enjoyed talking to you I'm I'm thrilled that I got to meet you I'm excited about ordering your book and I encourage all of our leaders out there to consider the idea that, you know, the reset that is necessary has to come from people who have, who have the ability to carry that message. And I think Juliet, you have that ability to carry that message and to inspire people. So thank you for being our guest today. Um, All right, folks. So we are at the end of our podcast. I want to encourage you to make sure that you check us out. You download, you like, you leave reviews, Um, send a shout out to Joe and Elvin on LinkedIn and all social media. Um, Thank you so much, Julia, for joining us. And for everyone out there listening, you just ed up. Oh, yeah. Attention, higher ed marketing and enrollment management professionals. We are taking the EdUp Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us at Insights EDU on February 20th to 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Gain insight into the latest higher education trends and cutting edge marketing strategies that'll take your institution's enrollment to a whole new level. This is your opportunity to connect with higher education leaders and marketing experts from across the country. Comprehensive presentations, engaging panel discussions, and more. Insights EDU will equip you to position your institution for growth. Register now at insightsedu.com and use the code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Can you afford to miss this conference? I don't think so. Attention. Forbes called commencement the beginning of a new era in higher education, a dispensable touchpoint for what's being said in, about, and around higher education now. Don't miss the insights from 125 college and university presidents about what the future of higher education holds. Pick up your copy of commencement on Amazon today.